0: Aren't you glad you woke up this morning and came to the house of the Lord? Amen. Woo. It's hot outside, but there is fire in, inside. Amen. So good. Good to be here. Hey, today, I want us to pray. We, we love partnering with other churches, other moves of God across our city. And, and, and today, I want to pray that, but I want want to give you a little Just a little information for those of you that may not know at this time. And by the way, for those of you that are watching us online today, we want to thank you. Can we just welcome our online audience today? Thank you guys for tuning in. I know we've got some of you guys in the hospital room right now. You just had surgery last night, but you sent notes to me, the gray bills that you're watching online. So we, we, we hear you and we're praying for you. Those of you that are on beach trips, those of you that are traveling with your families, those of you that just need a little bit more sleep today, it's all right. You're dialed in and we're praying that you would have an encounter with the spirit of the living God right wherever you are today. Hey, uh, we've been praying off and on for, for years and more recently for Pastor Steve Gross at the Kendall County Cowboy Church for his healing. Pastor Steve went to be with the Lord this week, uh, passed away from his cancer, and um, And and we've been praying for that. And here's what the family would want you to know. We gathered with them yesterday, a celebration of life. And uh, um, Pastor C's family would want you to know that he has never been more healthy and whole and has never worshiped as big and bold in all of his earthly life as what he's doing right now with Jesus. And although our hearts are sad because there's a physical emptiness today at at Kendall County Cowboy Church, um, we, we know that the, the legacy uh, and the ministry of Pastor Steve Gross that he's left behind, it's, it's strong, it's good, and it's faithful, and will continue. So here's our prayer today, not only for the Gross family, but we're going to pray for Pastor Steve's son-in-law, Pastor Greg Areola. Pastor Greg is now stepping in to fill in the gaps of his father-in-law's passing. Pastor Steve prayed for and mentored and has has prepared for Pastor Greg for a time such as this. And I know Pastor Greg is probably feeling like he's not capable, that he's not adequate. Maybe he didn't have the right degrees or diplomas. You guys know that degrees and diplomas don't make preachers. Anointing does. Now, I'm not saying I'm against education. That's not what I, all the teachers are like. Why didn't he have this? Now, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I would rather have a man stand anointed of the Lord. And uh, Pastor Greg is that. So we're going to pray for him today as he preaches his first sermon uh, without his spiritual father and his pastor father there with him today. And I'm praying that he preaches the sermon of his life. I sent a note out to pastors all across the country this morning you know i told you guys we we pastors like to encourage each other and pep each other up some of us talk trash to one another like ours is going to be better than yours and what we we don't do but but i sent today's pentecost sunday and i sent a word to preachers and i say listen if you can't preach fire today your wood's wet you know and um and so i encourage them let's go let's usher in fire and wind would you do it again open up the gates, let heaven on in, (laughs) right? And so we're praying for that. Ah, Brent, you're getting me warmed up back there, Brent. Yeah. So we want to pray for Pastor Greg today. He preaches at the Kendall County Cowboy Church. Can we do that? If you would do that, grab a hand next to you if you feel comfortable doing that. Is this a sign of unity and a oneness? Listen, that's our spiritual family over there, right? They're 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 doing it differently. They it's but 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 we are all family, amen. And we can need to pray and get behind that. Amen. Frank, you with me on that, bro? Amen. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your spirit's presence. Has anybody felt him in this house today? Come on. It's thick. It's thick. God, we thank you for your presence. But here's the great thing about the God that we worship here at 1910 Church. He's not a god that's confined and limited to one box or one location. He's a god that is loosed all across this region, this area, our state, our nation and literally around the world. So here's what I'm praying. Holy Spirit, would you come and just move right now in fire for every house of worship today? Woo, would you awaken dead bones, bring them back to life, breathe life, breathe freshness, bring them back to life, God. And Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Shoo. I want to pray for my friend, my brother in Christ, Pastor Greg Ariola. As today he stands. And I know that he's prayed up. I know he's studied up. I know he's ready to preach his guts out. And God, I'm asking for an anointing. Lord, I pray that he would understand <laughs> that you don't. Call the equipped, you equip the called. And you will be more than he needs today for him to stand in front of this family, this church family that's hurting and missing their pastor. You will be more than enough as he stands and he opens the word of God. Holy spirit, take over my brother right now from his head to his feet. Would you just anoint him? The balm of heaven just flow right now I pray for Pastor Greg that he would decrease so that you may increase. And I pray that there be no mistaking today that every word that comes from his mouth is ordained by heaven. And it points people to Jesus. Come on, how many of you know that Jesus is the answer? He's what we need in a world of brokenness and chaos and hurt, inflated gas prices and extreme heat way too early. We need Jesus. We need you, Lord. I pray for the people that are searching for answers. They find it. The answer is Jesus. For the hurting, they find healing in Jehovah Rapha. Come on, a God who heals. For the person who is lacking or in need. Ooh, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are a God who provides. That's what you do. So, Lord, just do what you do. But I pray over Pastor Greg. I pray for his wife, Stephanie. Lost her daddy. I pray for Miss Terry. She's lost her husband. And I pray that even right now in this moment, that they would just feel your presence in a greater way than they've ever felt it. Bless your faithful servants. God, do a work here. Do a work here. Lord, hide me, hide me behind the cross and just take over and do what you want to do. I think you have a word for your people, but God, I want you to know that I'm open too, to say and do whatever you want me to do. This is an 11 o'clock crowd. They're a little crazy anyway, but I think they're ready. I think there's a group of people gathered here today that are tired of church as normal. We're praying for a fresh wind. We're praying for tongues of fire. We're praying, God, for revival to break out. And we're not capable of it. That's why we need you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come on, blow right now. Blow, shake these walls. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. 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 Man, I need to pass an offering plate right now. That's good. Can we give the Lord a round of applause today? Hallelujah. Come on. How about that worship team today? Was that not awesome? (laughs) Golly. I, I have said it. I say it every Sunday. Anybody could preach at 1910 after what happens during the singing of our service. So thank you guys for being here. And uh, Alan, Naomi, the rest of the group, Brent, Brooks, everybody is up on the platform today. Thank you guys so much for, for leading us here today. So if you feel like you've already had church, you can leave right now. If you want to just leave your tithe in the box in the back. Amen. So, Amen. By the way, hey, thank you guys for being the people of God. Last week we did something. I think I didn't. Last week we did. A, we started something here. We've never passed a bucket. If you're new to visiting with us today, we never pass a flying saucer or a bucket or anything like that for offering or tithing. We don't do that. A lot of my friends are like, what's wrong with you, Brown? Well, there's a lot that's wrong with me. But we got to get get out of here. But but we passed it last week. We we started something called Love Thy Neighbor, Love Your Neighbor Offering, and um, we we put cash and coins and. And I think there was a tractor supply gift card in there. I took that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Need some new Wranglers. No, I didn't do that. But, um, but it was just really neat to see the people of God respond to the needs of the people of God. Amen. So thank you for being a generous church. Thank you. Some needs were met on the spot. Amen. That's, hey, that's, that's early church stuff. They gave, they sold their possessions and gave to everyone as they had need, not want, but as they had need a need, right? You know that God didn't always give you what you want. Aren't you thankful for that? Come on. Some of you thought you were in love in high school and you thought she or he was the one and God said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." aren't you thankful that God said no? Come on right now. Cause you got trophies sitting next to you right now, but he gives you what you need. God knows what we need. Amen. Hallelujah. Today, we're going to wrap up this series entitled Let's Go. I know some of you are saying, praise God. I'm sick and tired of it. It's been six weeks. Just relax. I need to correct something, though. Listen, when I speak and teach, sometimes I mess things up. I get it wrong. Okay? Anybody ever said something that's wrong? Anthony, you better get your hand up right now. I see you. Thank you, bro. Confession. Confession time. Amen. I said something wrong when we started this series. And uh, Pops, I don't know if Pops is in here, but Pops drives me up from my car every day, and many of you as well. He gives you a ride up on the the 1910 Hoopty, and he brings you up to the door. And and Pops gave me, he said, and he reminded me of this when we started this series that the smallest man in the Bible is this man that we've been talking about, Nehemiah. Well, in my research and study of God's Word this week, that's not accurate. And I apologize to you guys. Because my research has told me that the smallest man in the Bible is Bildad, Dad, the shoe height. Bill Dad, the shoe height. Okay. Some of y'all will get that. If you, if you want to go make the Methodist Church's worship service, you can. They're still meeting. You can leave now if you want to. Unfortunately, Tyler, that's what's all... Some people are just going to remember that bad joke. Amen? Amen. Well. Can we get into the Word of God? It's much better than I am. I'm not Jimmy Fallon or anybody like that. We're going to roll and get in. But we're going to wrap up this series today entitled Let's Go. We've been looking at the story of Nehemiah. You remember Nehemiah was a government man. He was a governor, government worker. He receives word that the walls around Jerusalem, God's holy city, lie in ruins. And uh, he's burdened to go and restore that. Listen, Israel, if you know anything about the children of Israel, they've always been known as God's chosen people. In fact, Israel still today, I believe, is, it's the Holy Land. and We need to pray for Israel. I don't know where you fall in that, but I'm just telling you, read the Bible, and just you'll find a heart of God. The heart of heaven has always been for his children, the Israelites, right? In fact, in Deuteronomy, I believe, chapter 7, verse 6, somebody looked that up because I could be wrong. I think in 7, 6 of Deuteronomy, it says that he is their prized treasure, their prized possession. I believe that's what, how God sees them. We know that that was how God viewed them, and we know that throughout their history that there were times in which they were intimate with the Father. They were doing the things that God called them to do time and time again. But like us oftentimes, sometimes we begin not to do the things that God wants us to do. Am I talking to anybody right now? Come on, anybody screwed up this week? You better get your hands up right now. We all do. We all have this sin problem that Scripture says. Israel, God provides, God protects, God sends, and then they would walk with him, but then they would turn away, become disobedient time and time again. And that's led them to where we've been in Nehemiah. The holy city of God lie in ruins. For years, they weren't even allowed to inhabit their homeland. We know that there's a prophet by the name of Ezra that shows up and leads the rebuilding of the temple As we've been looking in this book of Nehemiah, then another prophet. And by the way, Ezra and Nehemiah were contemporaries. In fact, in the original language, Hebrew Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah was one continuous book. We broke it down in our English Bible into two separate books. But these two prophets, these two men of God are living at the same time. Nehemiah, government worker, worked for King Artaxerxes I. Ezra, scholar, religious leader. The city is in ruins. We know God sends Nehemiah to rebuild the walls. Why is their city lying in waste? Why would God forsake them? Why would God turn his back on his chosen people? The reality is God had not forsaken them and God had not turned his back on them. They had done that to him. So they walked away from that protection Come on, if you don't hear anything else here, I want you to know something. When you do things God's way, there's protection, there's blessing, there's favor, and I'm telling you, your life works better. It's not perfect, and it's not without still some setbacks, but we believe those setbacks are only setups for God to step in and do something that seems impossible. Amen? Nehemiah's the wall builder, Ezra. Is the heart builder he's the spiritual builder What what, what good is it to build walls around the city if people's lives still lie in ruin and I might be talking to somebody here today because you look good on the outside you look like you've got it all together but when you get down to brass tacks I don't know what that means but I think it means when you boil it all down deep down inside there you're just torn apart there's destruction your life might be labeled as in ruins just as we've been looking at Nehemiah and the wall around Jerusalem. We know that Nehemiah goes. We we know that that probably was going to be about a 12-year commitment they were able to accomplish in 52 days. He calls the people, hey, you take care of that portion of the wall in your front yard. Rebuild that. What was a 12-year project, 52 days, so a wall that was two and a half miles long, averaged 39 feet in height and eight feet thick? Come on, we need text dot to read the Bible, do we not? Build that highway, build that, right? Build that, Bucky's, build. I'm just letting you know when it does come up, that's where your Christmas presents are coming from, from the pastor, Amen. Beaver nuggets for everybody, but anyway and I does something impossible because you know what with with the rebuilding of the walls it was impossible but God Somebody needs to hear that today because you feel like it's impossible I'm telling you God is still God He's the same yesterday today and he will be the same forever and what seems impossible by your standard and what the world says I'm telling you it's just an opportunity for God to show off in your life. Amen. Ezra shows up, begins to build the spiritual lives of people. Let's look at Nehemiah's chapter eight through 10. We're going to lock and load today. You guys ready for this? Man, I'm a sweaty mess up here. Music set me afire today and I'm, I'm sweating bullets right now. I'm out of breath. You know, it's bad whenever you can't breathe after singing in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Guys, come on. We need to get ready for heaven. We need to cardio and get ready because that's all we're going to do one day. Gathered with the saints around the throne. The elders, they cast their crown around. The, we're going to worship our lungs out. Amen. So, God, get me ready for heaven. Give me some more time. Jesus, I want to sing big when I get there. Amen. Hey, let's look at Nehemiah chapter 8 through 10 real quick. I'm calling this the great revival. We sang songs today about revival. Listen, I believe that heaven stands ready today to pour out revival on us. I just don't know if we're ready for it. I, I think we, we pray a lot. God, would you send revival? God, pour it out. Pour it out, God. But I don't know if we're crying. I think heaven's waiting on us. We see that here in Nehemiah 8 through 10. Look what the word of the Lord says. It says in October when the Israelites had, had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose. Hey, Who assembled? All the people, all the people, every one of them assembled and they gathered with what purpose? A unified purpose. I'm telling you something, just as we saw in chapter six, the rebuilding of the wall came when the people of God were unified, they all were called. Everyone took a hammer in one hand, a sword in the other, and they got it done. Listen, when the church of Jesus Christ is unified, hell doesn't stand a chance. It doesn't. The demons flee. I think we sang about that, right? They flee. Death is overcome. You've... Listen, when we stand unified, it is a declaration to everyone at the goodness of our God. Now listen, when we're not unified, that also says something to people. But that's not God. These people are standing, Ezra's on the scene. All the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They ask Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books he brings out, which the Lord had given for Israel to what? Come on, he gave them the book of the law for Israel to what? To a not to sit on their shelf in their homes. Not just to look good when the preacher comes over for pie. And if you want to get this preacher to your house, throw out some pie. And not just to look good when your friends come. Look at our Bible. It's not to be there to, to, to put your precious moments knickknacks on. Is precious moments still a thing? How many of you raise your hand? You got some in your house right now. Let's go. Don't be embarrassed about that. You do. Yeah, I know you do. But God gave them the word it says. For them to obey it. Are you hearing me? To obey it. Guys, listen. The word of God is given to us not to collect dust, not just to purchase and put on a shelf, but it's given to us to transform our lives. And this word is to be obeyed. I'm telling you, great things happen when you live according to the word of God. We believe in this book here at 1910 Church. If you're new and looking for a church, you need to understand something. We thought about preaching Oprah's magazine. We thought about Deepak Chopra. But we just decided the word of God is true. And we believe it. We're going to preach it. We believe it from cover to cover. Even the maps in the back, we believe it. We believe it. Your life functions better. The answers you're searching for, right here. Hey, you got financial issues? Right here. You don't believe me? Try it. Yeah, thank you, Mother Dove. Thank you. You want to preach? You could. She said, I will. Okay. We believe in the word of God. Ezra's preaching the word of God. And so they on October the 8th, it says, they, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law, before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. And he faced the square just inside the water gate. Listen to this. From early morning until noon, he read aloud to everyone who could understand. We got so many people that can't give the Lord 70 minutes on a Sunday. These people were all gathered together, unified in purpose, and for three hours, brother Ezra did nothing, Natalie, but read the word of God and I think they liked it. They weren't worried about fried chicken afterwards or mowing the lawn or watching whatever. They, from early morning till noon, they read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. You see what's happening here? Ezra even had guys that were there to able to translate because it was probably Hebrew. The language back then might have been Aramaic as they're reading this. So he wanted everyone to understand what was being said. Come on. One of the things we do here at 1910 Church is we try to take this and make it understandable for you. Listen, there are other preachers that can preach circles around me and can use bigger words and greater illustrations and put maps of the world on the wall behind me. But I simply want to try to boil it down and help you to understand God's word, okay? So it's simple. I'm an athlete, too many head traumas, okay? But we're going to try to understand God's word because God wants you to understand what he's saying to you, amen? They listened, they wanted to grow. More importantly, as Ezra read the word, the people were reminded of how far they had wandered from the Lord. God had given them the commandments and the Torah and and, and they remembered the law of Moses but they had wandered so far away from it. I know that would never happen in our culture today. I know that we would never wander away from what a good God in heaven would ever want of us. It's an Old Testament problem. Give me something new, right? But it led them to to something that I believe is necessary for us. Listen, in order for us to experience a move of God, in order for us to experience the spiritual revival that the Israelites are going to experience here in Nehemiah, listen, we too need to do something that they did. We need to repent. Repentance. We we, we need to understand how far we have migrated away from the word of God and his truths and his desire for us. And we need to, as they are in Nehemiah, be broken over our sin. All the people says in verse 9 of that same chapter, as they begin to think about how God had been good and how they had turned their back, it says the people began to weep. As they listen to the words of the law. Can I ask you a question today? When's the last time you were heartbroken over the sin in your life? My my, my, my concern is that we've got a little too comfortable in our sin. No one will find out. It's not really hurting. It's not one of the big ones. Really? 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 Last time we were heartbroken over our sin. When, when, when's the last time your disobedience grieved you so much? These people here, the Israelites, it says they are weeping as they just listen. Nehemiah's not having to fill in the blanks and correct them and and knock them in the gut because no, the word of God was bringing them to conviction. Repenting. Listen, listen. We, we we need to be broken over our sinfulness. If we want revival to come, we must repent of our sin. And I'm telling you, revival is going to start when we get back to the Word of God. They begin to remember how good how good God was and how he provided for them. The religious leaders encouraged them. hey, go build you some, some, some uh, 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 shelters. Uh, there's a festival and, 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 and build you and just worship and celebrate and remember the goodness of God, the feast of, of shelters, one of the major feasts and celebrations that have been a part of, of, of Israel's history for forever, right? And celebrate, but they were broken. Chapter nine says that, that, that they... Uh, remained standing in place days later for for three hours while the book of the law of the Lord their God was read aloud to them. And if that was not enough, for three more hours, they confessed their sins and worshiped the Lord their God. Are you seeing this? For a quarter of the day, the people are in the word and they're confessing their sins before God. It's a struggle for us to give 70 minutes on a Sunday, right? And I wonder why we're not experiencing breakthrough and revival in our land. I wonder what it is that just might be that breakthrough that you need in your life. Can I just encourage you something? Hey, go old school. Get in the word and confess your sins and see heaven show up in your life. It worked for them. People begin confessing. They begin remembering how good and faithful God was. And in verse 38 of chapter 9, it says the people respond. In view of all of this, we're going to make a solemn promise and put it in writing. On this sealed document are the names of our leaders and Levites and priests. Listen, they were saying, hey, God, we're going to make an agreement with you. We're writing it down. We're signing our names. And by the way, be careful about any commitment you make with God. Bad juju if you break that commitment. It's bad, but they were serious about it (laughs) at this moment, (laughs) right? But they're like us, right? But they're, they're sealing it. We choose to obey the Lord. We're sealing it with this document. The walls have been rebuilt by Nehemiah. Ezra shows up now to rebuild the lives of people because let's just be real. What good is a city whose walls still look good on the outside, but whose lives are still torn apart? What good are rebuilt city walls when lives are still broken in ruins? I want to encourage you with something. We do this every time as we gather here at 1910. At the end of our service today, there's going to be a time of, of of just an opportunity for you to come and just receive ministry. But but even before that today, we're going to have a time of of just worship and give you an opportunity just to come and respond and just lay it out before the King of heaven where you're at. The brokenness, the sinfulness, what's ruined in your life that you want to just give to him today. He's here. And the same thing that worked in Nehemiah can work in 2022 as well this June Sunday, June 5th, this Pentecost Sunday. Now, if you'll just hang in here with me for just a second. I I love, I I, I believe Pentecost is a fulfillment of what we're reading here in Nehemiah's chapter 8 through 10 today. We know that Pentecost happened 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and we know that, that, that there's a man by the name of Peter now that's, that's, that's preaching, right? We know that the church is about 120 people at, at, at that time, right? He, he's told them go into Jerusalem In and wait. I'm going to send my spirit out 120. of them. I was talking with Roland today. Roland's like, man, how big would a room be for 120 people? Roland, if you'll go to Israel with me next, next April, I'll give you an idea what it looks like. The Spirit comes, Pentecost. The message that Peter preaches is a very similar, I would say it's, it's quite the same message that Ezra's preaching in Nehemiah. is Nehemiah, preaching a message of, of repent, remember the goodness of God. You need to repent of your sins and turn. And that's the same word that our friend by the name of Peter is preaching in Acts chapter two. I believe it's verse 26, so let everyone in Israel. What's happening at Pentecost in Jerusalem? It's filled with Jews. Descendants of these from Nehemiah, hundreds of years prior to are now filling the city of Jerusalem. They've traveled from all around that region. Some of the Grecian Jews have even made their way back to the holy city of God for celebration and remembrance of how good God is. And what's the message that Peter preaches? It's very similar to what Ezra preached. Look what he says. All the Jews are there. He reminds them, first of all, that remember Jesus, you've crucified him, you're responsible for that, but he's Lord and Messiah. And look what he says. He, he says, he begins to preach to them, repent of your sins, it says, scripture says, verse 38, repent of your sins, turn to God. Does that not sound like a prophet named Ezra and Nehemiah? Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 you don't have this this is bonus Bible but this is 11 o'clock and I know you guys are ready to get to the hungry horse but just stay with me right now those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day how many 3 thousand of them check this out Ezra was preaching from the Torah the book of the law from Moses the Pentateuch that was a word given from God when he came down from Mount Sinai to the people what was happening then the people had constructed golden images they were worshiping scripture says that when Moses brought the word of God down from Sinai three thousand of them died Peter preaches at Pentecost that it's not about the law but it's about Jesus three thousand get saved are you picking up what I'm putting down yet when Moses was on the Mount Sinai with God, spoke to him through thunder and a cloud and fire. Peter preaches and the Holy Spirit of God comes in the wind and in languages known, tongues of fire. Woo, Ezra preached, Moses brought down the book of the law, live according to the law of God, right? Peter's preaching a new covenant, Jesus Jesus, the people in Moses this time would the Spirit of God was symbolized in the Holy of Holies and in the tabernacle and ultimately in the temple. That was where the presence of God rested. Peter's now preaching, come on, repent, be baptized and receive the Spirit because now you are the temple. He's going to take over you. He's not confined to a a veiled wall, a box that we carry around. And no, 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 he wants to fill you. Are you seeing something here today? You see, on this Pentecost Sunday, we're reminded of how God moved at Sinai. We're reminded of what Ezra and Nehemiah spoke in in, in Jerusalem, and Peter is just making it real. And he's offering it to us today. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates. Let heaven on in. What Peter said to those in Acts, by the way, the birth of the church, the explosion of it, a new fire and excitement to preach Jesus. Listen, he preached repentance, he preached the very words. That the prophets of old spoke. Folks, listen when we hear the word of God, we also should respond in repentance. Here's the deal repentance precedes revival. And if we want revival to come, it's going to come when we give it to Him. I love this quote that I found from Francis Chan, great man of God, kingdom builder, preacher, writer, speaker. Awesome. I love what Francis Chan writes. He says, quote, the world is not moved by love or actions that are of human creation. And the church is not empowered to live differently from any other gathering of people without the Holy Spirit. But when the believers live in the power of the Holy Spirit, the evidence in their lives is supernatural. The church cannot help but be different. And the world cannot help but notice. Church, can I tell you something today? Heaven wants to send revival, but it's going to come as we begin to live Holy Spirit-infused, powerful, powerful, transformative lives that are controlled and dominated by him. Listen, we are filled today with churches that have great sound doctrine and teaching, great musical (coughs) um, demonstrations. What we need is a move of the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, in the book of Romans... Paul would write, don't copy the customs or the behaviors of the world. Don't conform, some translations say. But he would say, be transformed. That's what we need. Do we want revival to break out? Pentecost was all about not just preaching of the law, but it was about Holy Spirit transformation. We need that. We need that. We need to be transformed. We need to remember the Lord and how how good he's been to us. We need to remember how he's provided for us time and time again. We need to keep our eyes focused on what the Israelites should have kept their eyes. We need to keep our eyes focused on the main thing. That's Jesus. Hebrews says he is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Your life in crisis today, focus on Jesus. Listen, I posted this week, and I really believe this with my heart, that what you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on the customs and the behaviors and things of this world, check this out. Your life's going to look like that. But if you can somehow embrace Hebrews, if you can embrace the words of my brother Peter, if you can let the Holy Spirit, and if you will keep your eyes on Jesus, I'm telling you, that will expand in your life also. What you focus on expands. I know there's some people in here that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and you believe what I'm saying today. You know that it's true. You want to see your life turn around? Focus on Jesus. You get in the Word. It worked for the Israelites, and it worked for us today. Hey, you get in prayer. Hey, listen, you encourage people. Don't give up meeting together with other people. In fact, I want to encourage you to come back tonight at 5 o'clock for neighbor nights. As we hang out, we're going to eat some good food that you're going to bring. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh, and we're going to be encouraged, and we're going to laugh together. Some of you might wet yourself if that's up to uh, you. I'm just telling you. I know it happens sometimes. You get so, all right? Why did I say that? So... Erase that from the life, path. We need that delay, right? Jesus is the main thing. And as long as we stay focused on him, whew, your life works better. Would you stand with me today? Here's the deal. On this Pentecost Sunday, Lord, would you break our hearts? Father, would you lead us to repentance? In fact, the altar's open right now. If you want to come and just move as we worship today, just come on down right now. come and worship together Lord today we're making room for you God we're going to create some space for you to come in and fill us fill us Lord Lord you're not going to force yourself upon us that's not how you function you're not a forcer you're a filler and as we create space you come in you step into that and you, you make yourself known to us in greater ways Holy Spirit come and move have your way Break down walls, transform us, change us, God.